Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is a late breaking special edition of Stu's Days. Stu, uh, Stu, we, we, we couldn't catch up with you Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. We're taping this on a Friday. I think this is our, our worst uh, delay yet. Uh, but there's a good reason. You were, you were in the Big Apple. That's right. Not, not the one in Coburg either, like the, one, <laughs> the, the, the real Big Apple. That's right. Got got called up to the big leagues for a couple of days. So a- anything? So so yeah, obviously when when you go to New York, they roll out the red carpet. You're involved in these high level meetings with everybody. And and any any anything you take away from your uh, from from your couple of days down there in the center of the universe? Well, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting. Um, uh, you know, New York is a lot busier uh, than Toronto is uh, downtown. Oh. Right. Like, wow. uh, and, and, you know, I think that's the case in a lot of global centers while we're still, you know, coming back to the office some days, not all days, you know, Manhattan was, was as close to pre COVID as I've seen a city uh, in my mind anyways. Um, yeah. uh, so that was, that was probably, uh, you know, the biggest thing I noted. Um, it's always great. You know, the pace of activities always, you know, people are, people are moving. So I like it uh, hard not to like it. They, uh, they, some people say it's the city that never sleeps. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that. Why? Well, and and uh, apparently, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. But uh... that I hadn't heard. That's a, that's a new one for me. Did did you get some rest, or were you you were just working the whole time? You never stopped, do you? That's right. Never stop. Never stop. Three sixty five, seven days, Dave. There we go. There we go. I haven't I, I I haven't seen you out of your office in 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 weeks, so I I know you're kind of bunkered down there, except when you're making these big trips. So let let's get let's get into uh, let's get into what's 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 kind of interesting right now uh, is uh, is market levels, and 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 we'll talk to that. But we were having a chat about just kind of the bottoming process, and and you really you you've sent me a couple of things that refer back to. The big tech bubble burst in 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 2000 2000 to 2002 and you know a lot of people made comparisons we've even talked about it on this on this podcast with you and 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 uh, and marcello uh who you know about the similarities but differences between the tech bubble burst back then and what we were seeing in tech or at least the leadership in tech and some elements of the tech market coming into to 2022 um but but you had some 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 thoughts on 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 some of these stocks that have rallied early this this year, and and sort of one one a uh, way you might interpret what's going on there. Yeah, like so like normally what happens in a market decline is you get a, f- a fairly significant shift in leadership, and um and and by leadership I mean uh, the stocks that are uh, you know driving the market right. So when the market goes up, they're going up more than the market goes. And when the market corrects or goes down, they're going down less. Those are, that's leadership. So, you know, all through COVID, leadership was in the hands of the big fang stocks, uh, the stay-at-home stocks. And it was a very narrow leadership, which people don't, you know, like as much when it comes to the market. Um, uh, You know, starting in the middle of last year, even while the market was correcting, the headline market and, you know, the one, the one line that we used was sometimes it's a stock market and sometimes it's a market of stocks. So the market was broadening uh, underneath, uh, you know, some of the headline declines. More more stocks were participating. Um, you know, an old broker used to say to me, in a, in a strong wind, even a turkey will fly. Um, 
you know, so the market was broadening. More companies uh, were participating, even though uh, the headline indices were, were struggling as, uh, you know, there was some correction in the, in the bigger market capitalization names. And, um, you know, that, that's a very important thing for a portfolio manager to take note of. Like the new, the leadership change that takes place in the decline normally sticks for the next up cycle. So that's, that's point number one. Point number two is, is that to kind of frame the bottom, normally the old leadership has to recover. And it recovers for a period of time. And then sadly, it often goes dormant for a period of time as well. So like coming out of the tech bubble, the companies that were the survivors, Cisco, Apple, Microsoft, they almost doubled in 2002 off their lows. And then it took them a number of years before their share prices reaccelerated as the earnings that the bubble had correctly predicted finally arrived. And then they became, you know, good companies again or good stocks again. So what we've seen so far this year is, you know, a rally, a significant rally in some names that had been amongst the worst decliners last year. And, um, you know, some of them, you know, some of those rallies will persist. Some of them will flare out. But I would say it's also a better sign uh, for the market as a whole, because we know that those two ingredients often happen uh, during a decline. First is a change of leadership, and then uh, the bottom kind of gets sealed by a recovery in the stocks that had been the worst. Yeah, yeah they, 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 because they're all part of those indices, they, 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 they float up, uh, as you say, and that, that puts that base in. Um, at, at the, uh, in, in terms of the actual uh, index level. Yeah. Uh, but then they kind of just flatten out and then other leadership takes the, ultimately takes the index higher in that, in that next wave up. That's right. And, yeah. you know, so even, even like as we, you know, we look so far this year, like uh, material stocks, uh, uh, Caterpillar, you know, things that you wouldn't uh, normally associate with a recession uh, have been very strong. Um, yeah. uh you know, so you're so you get a recovery in in um, in some names, but you get ongoing strength in this area of new leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's been and we see that, you know, we saw that in the equal weighted market relative to the S&P 500, which, you know, really the equal weighted market did bottom, uh, you know, in the uh, in earlier in 2022 and has been quite a bit stronger. Um, we've seen it in dividend stocks. We've seen it, you know, in. in in a variety of companies that um, that have just kind of powered through some of the uh, the volatility. Yeah. Any, any any thoughts on what you think the next leadership is uh, is is going to be for the for the next cycle? Uh, well, I think it's going to be like I think the average stock is going to do better than the headline. Uh, I think it's going to be a more you know people use this value and growth bucket. Um, I'm not a big fan of that, as you know, but. What I do, what I do think, is that the economic growth is going to be broader than what it's been in the past. So more companies will participate in it. Uh, you know, the the themes around uh, reshoring. Um, you know, the themes around the amount of investment required for you know the transitions in the economy for renewables. Uh, these are these are going to be, I think, longer lasting. Um, and the benefits, uh, you know, they they. You know, they get associated with a handful of companies, but they're broader benefits to the entire economy. Yeah. So I think um, I think there's going to be more participation uh, of companies across 
all sorts of sectors. Uh, you know, interest rates, um, you know, financials have been, you know, for a long period of time have been pressured because of the low interest rate environment, not so much in Canada, but globally a little bit more. And, you know, the idea like while while I think interest rates are in the process of peaking, I doubt we're going back to the levels that they were, you know, kind of in the middle of COVID or before. So, you know, a, a more flattish type interest rate environment uh, could be more supportive to financials. I, I just think it's going to be there's going to be more companies working uh, than maybe there has been in the past. Interesting, really interesting. So. Um, if, if we look then, let, let, let's look at the big index, the, the one that, yep. that's followed by, by, by more people than anyone, and that's the S&P 500. And we've just been sitting over the last couple of weeks. It's just kicking right in around 4,000. It seems to be trying to decide whether it wants to rally up or, or we're going to go into a little bit more of a, of a down phase and maybe go back and test some of the lows we've seen. I know you, you do a little bit of, well, you actually not a little bit, you do, you do use technical analysis as a tool to make decisions. What do you think the lot about the, 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 this next, these technical levels that we're seeing on the S and P 500, what, what are your thoughts on that? And what are you seeing on the charts that you're looking at that are relevant to, to the way you're making decisions? Yeah. So, you know, as you know, I like, I like quotes from old investors and strategists and, and Byron Wien, who was a great one from Morgan Stanley. Um, you know, he had a line around uh, technical analysis, which was, <clears throat> you know, when I go hunting, I take my dog, but I don't give him the gun. And, <laughs> you know, technical analysis to me is really about studying where the debates are going on in the marketplace. So, uh, you know, a stock like a like something that's range bound is a debate between the top of the range is how could it get better? And the bottom of the range is how could it get worse? Yeah. And, um, you know, so as a scenario based investor, you try and envision how it could get better, how it could get worse. And technical analysis is a great tool um, to identify where uh, there might be small changes in the margin, right? So if if 50% uh, of us think it's going to get worse and 50% of us think it's going to get better, you're going to have a stock in a range. And at, it starts to break out of the range, then the 50% who already think they're kind of in place and if the other 50% start changing their mind one by one, that's kind of what breaks a stock out of a range. Okay. Um, because, you know, long term, uh, you know, as fundamental investors, it's earnings growth using a normal valuation, collect your dividends, that drives your long term returns. But in the short term, it's really about how money flows around in the market, right? So if, you know, if I had a box and it was filled with water and I move my right hand up a little bit, the water is going to flow uh, back and forth on both sides of the box. And that's what happens in the stock market every day. So, you know, these levels kind of help us identify, you know, where uh, someone might be tilting that box a little bit more than imagined and and, um, and people's views are starting to change. So, <clears throat> you know, we sit here today and, you know, we've talked about the bull case scenario, the recession case scenario. Um, you know, maybe coming into the year, you know, we're seeing a little bit of strength because, you know, people were were you know more anchored around the recession scenario, and uh, you know so so and you know and that's kind of also interesting about the stock market is that it's not that there uh, may not it's not that there may not be a recession, it's if the odds of that change by a handful of percent, then the stock market has to recalculate the odds around that, and you get uh, some price range some price rise, uh, which I think is all you know indicative of. You know, this kind of 18 month period uh, we envision. So 18 months from now, uh, whatever we're going through in the economy will have passed. 
earnings will likely be better. We can apply a multiple to that. The path about here and there is difficult to predict. Um, and we're open to it going a number of different ways. But, um, you know, keeping the end result in mind allows you to identify, well, if it gets a little bit better, the stock market might get a lot more better in the short term. And then it might digest that and pull back. Uh, but these levels help us, uh, you know, kind of think through what is Mr. Market or the market participant also thinking about relative to what we're thinking about. Okay. So, so are there any levels right now that you're, so, so a lot of people talking about this 4060 to 4100 on the S&P or, or even really between 4000 and 4100, that that's where that battle, that range is, that, that fight's going on right now. Any, any thoughts on what you're seeing there? Yeah. So, um, so no question, like if you, if you, you know, if you take out your chart and you get your crayons out and you draw a line from the very high in the market to all the successive highs, uh, you know, we're right at that downtrending line. It, it also happens to be right around uh, the 200 day moving average. So the last times that we've gotten near that line, uh, it's done it with no underlying momentum, right? So uh, you know, not to get overly technical, talking about technical analysis, yeah, of course, cool. yes. <laughs> uh, but like, let's say we have a 50 day moving average and a 200 day moving average. So, uh, if I hit the 200 day moving average and the 50 day moving average is still above me, I, you know, I kind of got there, but I don't have any support. I got no friends. <laughs> so that often then kind of peels away, right? Because uh, you're getting back to a level that people own stocks at, which allows them to sell it. And I don't have enough people with me on the other side. So we've probably touched that trend line like three or four times, uh, you know, since the market made its high. This time we're touching that trend line, but the 50 day moving average is underneath of us. So just a, a, a very, you know, small, but maybe significant difference is that when you start to hit these uh, types of levels, are you doing it with uh, more support than there might have been in the past? And, you know, I think you could probably make, you know, the argument that you are uh, today. Um, so that's that's kind of, you know, how we think about it technically. It's, it's um, you know, it is admittedly more art than science. Like you do have to keep these scenarios in your head. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, when you, when you kind of put it all together, it's like interest rates, uh, you know, longer term interest rates have improved. Bank of Canada was the first one to say, you know, maybe we're done. We'll see what the other central banks do in the coming months. That doesn't mean that they're going to immediately cut interest rates. But again, like a lot of things that happen in the stock market are rate of change. Yes. Right. Exactly. So 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 if if the central banker says uh, we're likely done, maybe 25 more. Still, the rate of change is going in your in your way in terms of interest rates. Like the, the worst of the interest rate increase percentage change is behind us. Um, you know, so you get all these things, you get worry about the economy. Uh, could we be more worried? It's possible, but we've had a lot of discussion around worry. Um, you know, so those are the things that you're trying to, yeah. uh, you know, weigh uh, in the short term. Like, you know, I'm going to borrow from Warren Buffett another quote, right? In the, st in the short term, it's a weighing machine. Uh, or in the long term, it's a weighing machine. In the short term, it's a voting machine. Uh, you know, the votes are cast around these things in the short term. Yeah. And, and, and like we say, if we talk about technical analysis, I, I, I love the, uh, the Byron Wien, uh, 
line there, you know, it, it, and what he's basically saying is it's just one of those tools in the toolbox. It's not the ultimate decision maker. There's so many other factors and there's all kinds of other things that you're using to build your scenarios and test your scenarios, but it's just that one tool. And it's just kind of an interesting period when you're looking at markets right now, as you say, just it's just bouncing in around that particular level where you typically go one way or the other. And, uh, and as you said, just like as you were wandering around New York, Stu, you have uh, more friends with you this time than you, uh, <laughs> you have when you're wandering around here in Toronto and, uh, or when you're, you're alone in the office uh, like you are right now. That's right. That's right, Dave. So, uh, again, as always, excellent stuff, Stu. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll be back quickly again because I think we actually are going to catch Tuesday next week and do the actual Stu's Days that everyone loves and cherishes all across Canada. All right. Well, thanks very much, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.